Raise your hand if you did. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? You're gonna like you're gonna like January too. You're gonna like Epiphany. You're gonna like this whole new series that we're doing because the whole year of 2020, we're gonna make a theme of connecting, connecting with God and connecting with others. Connect 2020 is kind of going to be our theme. We're starting off with something like the little game you used to play, Connect Four. You ever play Connect Four? Um, it's where you drop the little things and you try to connect. Four is pretty self-explanatory, really. But we're talking about four ways that we connect with God in January. Uh, today, we're talking about connecting with God through prayer, because that's always the place we want to start. And then next week, we're talking about connecting with God through the sacraments. I'm going to talk about baptism and the Lord's Supper, how we connect with God through the sacraments. Uh, the third Sunday of the month, I'm going to talk about connecting with God through worship, different ways that we worship God in different places and different styles and different things like that. Then the fourth Sunday of January is going to be something that we haven't done quite this way. Uh, Pastor Kerry and Pastor Andy and I are going to tag team, and we're all three going to preach a sermon together, uh, kind of like, well, like tag team wrestling a little bit. We may, I don't know what we're going to do. We haven't done it before, so we're going to see how that works. You're not going to get three full-length sermons, so don't worry about that. You don't need to bring a sack lunch. It'll be fine. We're going to talk about, on the last Sunday of the month, connecting with God through spiritual practices, because all three of us have things that appeal to us, ways that we love to connect with God and different spiritual practices that we love to do. So we're all going to share about how we love to connect with God through spiritual practices. Connect 4, uh, Connect 2020 is where we are. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 is our scripture today, and it's going to be right up there on the screen for you to, to look at if you want to follow along. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, if I haven't already had a chance to do this, I want to wish you a happy new year. Happy new year. Happy New Year to anyone who's listening with us over live stream today. I hope that you're having a great year so far. If you, by the way, if you know somebody that would like to worship with us and they just can't make it on a Sunday morning, we have a great worship experience at Tuesday nights at Mosaic down at the back 40. You're welcome to come down there and join us. It's a lot of fun. It's different. It's laid back. On Thursday night, we worship here in the sanctuary at 530 uh, at Mosaic is at 6.30 on Tuesday nights. Uh, Thursday worship here is at 5.30 on Thursday nights. And um, I invite you to come and join us. All, all of them are a little bit different. Um, you can also listen if you have somebody that's like, oh, no, no. They made a New Year's resolution that they were going to connect with God, but they still don't know. They don't know about, uh, I don't know, they're undecided. Tell them to go online and listen. They can listen to any of our services in the archives, and they can listen to the, to the one today. Uh, Sheila does a great job of keeping that up to date, and she posts them on Monday, so they can take a listen uh, before they ever join us. But this is a great time of the year to do that, to think about connecting with God and connecting with, with others. That's way up there on the top of our list, okay, for goals for the new year. 
for myself, for, for you, I hope for our whole church. So where do we start? Where do we start in all this? And I think the best place to start is with prayer. It's our most vital connection. Prayer is going to be the thread that runs all the way through everything that we do in 2020 through our Connect theme. It is so vital. It's so important. Dr. E. Stanley Jones said this is a quote that I like about prayer. He said, I find myself better or worse as I pray more or less. I find God fading out of my life to the degree that prayer fades out. That's how important it is to connect with God in prayer. So we're talking about today prayer. We're going to talk about um, why we pray. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what prayer is, the three kinds of prayer that Paul talks about in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the three ways he describes it. And then we're going to finish off by talking about praying through transitions. Uh, because we all know about transitions. We're going to talk about that. So why do we pray to begin with? We pray because it was God's idea to start with. It wasn't something we thought of. It wasn't something any human being thought of. It was God who started off with God's desire to connect with us from the very, very beginning. And that's what prayer is in its essence, is connecting with God, communing with God, keeping company with God. Because communing and connecting is, sometimes it's about talking, right? Sometimes it's about listening. And sometimes it's just about keeping God company. Um, so the goal of all prayer is communion with God, union with God, keeping company with God. Sometimes we reduce prayer down to just uh, our shopping list, right? Okay, God, here's what I want today, okay? But prayer is so much more. It's so much more, and it's God's desire. It always has been since the beginning of creation when God created uh, his beautiful creation that we get to be a part of and then created uh, humanity. Adam and Eve, in the evenings in the perfect garden, God would come and walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. And then after they disobeyed in sin, there was a, a, a guilt and a shame and a fear, and they, they hid from God. And then God came in the evening to keep company with them as usual, and they were hiding, right? They were hiding. And God asked this question, where are you? Where are you? Now, I want you to think, God's all-sovereign and all-knowing, and so it wasn't like they hid so well that God couldn't find them. I think God wanted Adam and Eve to think about what they were doing. Why are you hiding from the one who desires to connect with you so badly? Why are you hiding? Why are you letting fear and shame and guilt make you hide away from the one who wants to keep company with you? So fear and shame and guilt, if you add all of those up together, then sometimes you get anxiety and you become anxious. I want you to hold on to that word for a second, anxious. It's an important word, and it's one of the reasons that we pray. Uh, we pray because it's God's idea. God wants to connect with us. But we also pray because life is full of anxiety, and we need some peace. We need some relief, right? I don't have to tell you. You already know life is full of anxiety. You know that that times you feel like you're, you're being squeezed. That's, 
by the way, one of the, the root meanings of the word anxiety means to cause pain by squeezing. You know, um, angina, chest pain comes from that same root, that, that squeezing pain. Did you know that anxiety can cause chest pains? Oh, no, y'all know that already, right? And, and it affects your digestive system, and so anxiety can cause tummy issues. Y'all know that too, don't you? Okay, so anxiety causes all these issues, and we're talking about someone who has seen a lot of pain and seen a lot of anxiety. We're talking about the Apostle Paul who's writing these words. He's writing them from jail where he has been put because of his beliefs. He's writing them not from a ivory tower. He's writing them from a jail cell. And he says, do not be anxious. Don't be anxious. Again, I'm a word nerd. I love words. I love to see what they mean. And in the New Testament Greek, the word anxious that Paul uses in Philippians 4, 6 means this. It means to be pulled apart. To be pulled apart. I would say, Pastor Sam's loose translation of Philippians 4, 6 is, don't go to pieces. Any of you ever feel pulled apart? Like someone's pulling on this leg and someone's pulling on this arm? Or that you're like a puzzle that got dumped out on the floor and you've gone to pieces? Anybody feel like that? Some of you felt like that this morning already, I know. Paul says in verses 6 and 7 of Philippians 4, Instead of being pulled apart, connect with God. Connect with God in prayer. Connecting with God in prayer can help bring you to a place that we all want to be. We want to be at a place of peace. Now, I don't mean peace in terms of absence of conflict, because that's not going to happen necessarily. I don't mean peace in terms that everything is wonderful and groovy and swell. I mean peace like it says in Philippians 4, 7. It's a word in the Greek that means to join together into a whole. It means wholeness. So what we're saying here, if you put both of these together, is that if being anxious makes you pulled apart, then Peace is what brings you together and makes you whole again. It means to be joined together. It means peace, connecting with God. So, I want you to hear what I'm saying, and I want you to hear what I'm not saying, because that's important too. Am I saying that if I'm anxious, then all i got to do is pray about it? Well, yes and no on that one. Okay, I am saying to pray about it. But I am not saying that the answer to all your anxiety is to just pray about it. You know, that's enough to make you want to punch somebody in the nose when you're really, really having problems and they say, oh, we'll just pray about it. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, to you know, feel those pressures. I understand that. But at the same time, I'm saying that prayer needs to be a part of your wholeness plan. We have times in our lives that we need help. And connecting with God is where we start. But that's not the only thing. It's not the only piece of the puzzle. 
Proverbs 11.14 says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. There's time that you need counsel from other people. You need advice. You need help to put things back together. Use that. Take advantage of that. In addition to prayer and in addition to counsel of other people, sometimes, uh, sometimes we need some good medical science to help us be put back together again. Because, you see, we're all human beings. We're all beings, body, mind, and spirit. And the goal here is wholeness. The goal here is, is peace. So we need to know how to connect with God. We need to know how to take good advice and counsel. We need to know how to, to listen to our doctors. We need to know how to, I don't mean to, to sound um, all mystical and everything, but we need to know how to connect with ourselves. I mean, yoga and, and journaling and, and meditating and things like that can help you get connected with yourself. It's all a part of our wholeness. It's all a goal that prayer is such a part of. So we, we pray because life is full of anxiety and we need peace. And we pray because it's a way that we express our wishes to God. It's a way that we express our petitions to God, our supplications. And it's a way that we express our thanksgiving to God. All three of those are part of this connecting with God. We have a God that wants to connect with us, who invites us, doesn't just tolerate us, invites us to boldly come before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in time of our need, Hebrews 4.16 says. If that hasn't already boggled your mind, the thought that God invites us to come to the throne room of grace, if it hasn't already boggled your mind, it should. Because I want to tell you what, you can't do that anywhere else. I have, our daughter Emily Kate just got back from, from studying abroad, and she was showing us pictures of when she was on the way to Prague. They landed in London, which is one of the places I want to go one of these days. Um, so if I ever get to go to London, I want to go to Buckingham Palace, because I'm really sure that I can go right up to, to the palace door, knock on the door, and say, um, pardon me, which I'm in England, I, I feel like I'll probably say pardon me. <coughs> Pardon me, but I'd like to speak with Queen Elizabeth, please. I have some things I'd like to discuss with her, some, just some issues, just chit-chat, you know, maybe have a, a cup of tea or something, I don't know. I'm real sure that I would get taken down before I ever got anywhere near the place by the guy in the big fuzzy hat, you know, maybe somebody else. It would never happen. But the king of the universe has invited me to come into the throne room to bring my needs before him any time that I want to. Any time that I want to. I've been invited by the one who sits on the throne. So prayer is a way that I express my wishes, that I bring my petitions, that I express my thanksgiving. Those are the three parts of prayer, by the way, in Philippians 4, 6. Uh, let's don't miss that. One is prayer. Again, this is, this is so awesome. The word prayer means to exchange wishes. Can you think about that for a second? God wants to exchange wishes with you. So, just for a second with me, just think about this. I come before God, who invited me there to begin with, and I say, God, here are my wishes. And God says to me, Sam, here are my wishes for you. 
And hopefully I will arrive at the place that Jesus arrived at the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, not my wishes, but thine be done. Because honestly, it takes a while to get there. Because I'm like anybody else. I want what I want when I want it. Here are my wishes, God. You know what I'm saying? And God says, Sam, here are my wishes for you. So we bring our wishes before God. And then we bring our supplications or our petitions, depending on what translation you read. That's something different. That's something different from exchanging wishes. It's a heartfelt desire that comes from a deep personal need. Because sometimes we need help. I'm not talking about my wishes. I'm talking about I have a need. Something's missing. Something's missing for my friend. And I'm bringing, I want you to think about the old-fashioned uh, supplicant. That's a word we don't use very much. Supplicant coming before the throne and kneeling down before the king and saying, I need help. And I know that you have the power and you have the authority to help me. So I'm kneeling before you and I'm bringing my supplication. You see, prayer is the vehicle for doing that, connecting with God. And then Paul says, do all of that with thanksgiving. In all our prayers, we need to include thanksgiving. Now, when I say include thanksgiving in all our prayers, I'm not talking about just putting on some rose-colored glasses and saying, everything's fine, everything's wonderful, because it's not always fine and wonderful. There are times that we're, if we're honest, we're saying, I'm in pain and I'm really struggling right now. But even if we're in pain and even if we're struggling, even if we have deep personal needs, we still can come from the attitude of thanksgiving. Because gratitude is, is, is a place that we choose to come from. It's an attitude that we choose to take on. Some of the most thankful people I know have been some of the people who've suffered most deeply. And I have to tell you what, it is an honor to be around somebody like that. See, gratitude blesses us because grateful people are just happier. That's scientifically been proven that that means anything to you. Grateful people are happier. And being grateful, being a grateful person makes you a blessing to others, right? And people are going to want to be around you if you're a grateful person. So connecting with God in prayer exchanging wishes with God, bringing your supplications and petitions before God, doing it all with a heart of thanksgiving can bring us wholeness in a time when everything's falling apart. Can bring us wholeness in a time when everything is changing. Now, that just surpasses all understanding, doesn't it? It really does. I've been thinking a lot about transitions. It's really only natural for me to, to do that because I'm a ponderer, I think. And when we have something like a new year, we're changing that calendar or new things like that, a whole new decade, right? I naturally want to think about what has been done, ponder the, the past, what God is doing as a new year, as a new decade. Hey, the Roaring Twenties, right? Maybe we'll go back to the 1920s fashions. I'm all about, you know, some, some drop-waist beaded uh, uh, skirts and, and all of that. Not for myself, but um, 
1920s factors, it's fabulous, okay? But we're transitioning into a new decade. But I have to tell you, transitions is just happening all around. It's all up in my life is transition. I mean, this year I turned the big 6-0. Y'all like, you're going to be all right, you're just a kid. Some of you are like, gosh, you're really old. This year in 2020, Tammy and I are looking at the possibility of having an empty nest. And I've talked to some of y'all about that too. You're like, you know, it's kind of hard at first, but you get to where you like it. Transition. It's not just me and not just my family. It's, it's everywhere I look. My youngest niece just had a new baby. It's a little girl. Her name's Mary Kate, and she was born on January 2nd. She's adorable. And I saw a picture just yesterday of my mom holding her. This is her fourth great-grandchild, and this is the only girl in the bunch. And so she's got little Mary Kate, and my mother has a grin from ear to ear, and she's not a big grin her, but great-grandchildren. And then I have people that are near and dear to me that are transitioning from this life to the next. I, this is 2020, and this is just the fifth day of the month. I've already had two funerals. But this is somebody that's near and dear to me. I, I got a call over Christmas holidays from um, a friend whose dad is a dear friend of mine, and he's about to die. He's He's been going through this process, and it was his wish according to his his wife and his son and said okay you know it's his wish for you to do his funeral I'm like okay whenever that is but what my friend said to me when he called me he said the hospice nurse told us that dad is transitioning dad is transitioning and so I thought everywhere I look I'm running into this word everywhere I look is transition this transition that so I did what I do. I looked the word up. And transitioning is from the dictionary, the process or period of changing from one state or condition to the other. It's the process of changing from one state or condition to the other. And I said, that's it. That's what's going on all around me. Not just in the new year, in the new decade, but babies being born, friends dying, changes in family circumstances, a threat of war and rumors of war. And oh, and then, by the way, Australia is on fire, in case you haven't seen that little headline. Don't even get me started on the presidential election in 2020. Changes, transitions all around us, all around us. Is it a little bit frightening? Well, honestly, yeah, it is. So could there be a possibly better time in the world to read Philippians 4, 6, where Paul says, don't be anxious about it, pray about it. I don't think those words could be any more timely than they are right here and right now. In my morning devotional, I, yesterday I was reading from Luke chapter 2. I'm going back and reading the Gospel of Luke, um, and I want to just take my time and go through there and pay attention to everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did. 
that. I'm getting, I've just got to the announcement that the angels came to the shepherds. And I just see in my mind the shepherds out in the field. They're working the night shift, right? And they're minding their own business. They're watching over their sheep. And then a bunch of angels fill the sky. And the glory of God shones around them. And they're scared to death. And the angel says, fear not. Because I'm bringing you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. And this is my loose translation of what he says next. Things are transitioning. Things are changing. And this is going to be the sign for you that things are changing. You're going to go to Bethlehem and you're going to find a baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Not just any baby. This child is going to be the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This child is going to be God wrapped up in swaddling clothes. Have you heard any announcements lately that makes you think everything's changing? Is it a little bit scary? Friday morning, and I've told you about this before, if you came to the little meeting that we had during Sunday school, Friday morning, I'm in my pajamas, and I'm drinking coffee, and I see this announcement come over my news feed talking about our denomination splitting. And I was thinking, well, I would have liked to have received that information uh, not wearing my pajamas and drinking coffee. I don't know. A phone call would have been nice, but uh, but that's the way it was. What happened was uh, I mean, a group of our leaders in our denomination representing a, a, just a wide variety of backgrounds and perspectives met to try to come up with a proposal that might work. We've got general conference coming up in 2020. We've been struggling and going back and forth over different things and um, we had a special one in 2019 and we came up with something and thought that that was going to fix things that didn't fix anything. So this is a proposal and, and, and just about an hour ago during our Sunday school time we talked about what this proposal would mean. If you didn't get to come to that um, then, then we'll talk some more about it. Um, basically nothing is is going to get decided and voted on until May of 2020. But it's looking more and more like um, it may seriously come down to a, a parting of the ways in our denomination. And wow, that just kind of puts a pit in the middle of my stomach. I don't know about you. I don't like change. I mean, I don't even like to change my routine. You can ask my wife and ask my children. But I really should take a deep breath and step back. Because we've been through this before. If you're a history buff, and I am. Our denomination, our church has been through this before. In 1844, the Methodist Episcopal Church then divided into the ME Church North and the ME Church South over the issue of slavery. Split. 
and life went on. In 1939, those two branches came back together and made the Methodist Church again. And life went on. In 1968, the Methodist Church and another denomination, the Evangelical United Brethren, merged and became the United Methodist Church. I am just old enough to remember that transition. Not the 1844 one, I'm not that old, but the 1968 one. I was a little kid in my little home church, and I remember it was a big deal because the folks in my little home church did not want to, they did not want to change. We're going to have to get new hymnals. We have to change our church sign. I don't know. I don't like this. This is different. We're always been the Methodist. Why we have to be the United Methodist Church? We've always been the WSCS. They're talking about being the UMWs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We've always been the MYF. Now we have to be the UMYF. We don't like it. But you know what? Life went on. So what do we do if we're transitioning, in the midst of transitioning, because it's not a question, we always are. Here's what we do. We stay connected to God. And we stay connected to each other. That sounds like a pretty good thing for 2020, doesn't it? It's more important than ever when times are anxious to stay connected with God in prayer. It's more important than ever when times are transitioning for us to talk with each other and not about each other. And it's more important than ever when times are anxious and times are transitioning to hold on to the hope that's there. Because of all the changes I've seen just in my life, the one thing I can hold on to is that God is still God. And God is a God who is making all things new. My favorite mystic that I like to read is Julian of Norwich. And my favorite quote from her is this. It's very simple. All will be well. Not that all is well, but all will be well. Anything that's not well now is going to be made well by the God who makes all things new. So Connect 2020 starts today. Connecting with God in prayer is top shelf priority. Top shelf. Will you make it top priority in your life? Will you pray? just a minute we're going to sing a, a closing hymn um, it's, an, it's an old hymn it's, it's one that you're familiar with it's number 395 take time to be holy but hear it as an invitation from God to take time to connect with him and as we sing this song as we stand together and sing this song I want to invite you that if you want to make your commitment to connect with God in a tangible way, I want to invite you to come and kneel at the altar or stand at the altar, whatever you want to. Of course, you can pray at your seat, but if you want to, in a tangible way, say, yes, God, I want to connect with you. Uh, 
This year, I want to make connecting with God my priority. I invite you to do that. Let's stand together. Hymn number 395.